0: Episode 110, Deep Inside Season 2 of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. What a season it's been at press time. We're over 50% through a very exciting year. We've got goals. We've got excitement. We've got races. Although we don't have races for the heart. And if you think there is, you're not going to want to listen to the rest of this podcast. Oh, and we have huge news next week. Huge news. So that's a little tease in the broadcasting business. Craig, as you know, 14 times with five different players in NHL history, we've had 100 points from a defenseman. The last to do it was Brian Leach in the 91-92 season. He was a pretty good player. Eric Carlson, he's a pretty good player. Never reached 100, but he might do it this year. He willed the Sharks to victory against Dallas, a pretty good team. What a game, and he was throwing his weight around – You've been pro-scouting him this year. What do you see from EK65? Is this an elite season? Will he be the sixth defenseman and do it for the
1: 15th time? I know this, watching Eric Carlson. And I I would tell everybody that uh, hasn't watched Eric Carlson play this year to stay up late and watch Eric. It's vintage EK65. It's vintage. He has been phenomenal this year. You know, for me, you know, put Connor McDavid's name on the Hart Trophy right now. I feel exactly the same way about the Norris Trophy. Put Eric Carlson's name on it. I I don't think he he has – let's discuss who, who would be second place because I don't see any defenseman this year in Eric Carlson's class. Not one. Not one. And you think about how the San Jose Sharks are playing, where they're at. Take Eric Carlson out of that lineup. They have 12 less wins. They have 12 less wins. And all I know is is the way he – and he's playing the game in every single area. You talk about physically, defensively, offensively, the big minutes. You know, we saw the big injury that he went through, and that was a significant injury, Steve, significant injury. And, you know, he looks like he is right back to form. You know, there was a – when he signed his contract, I said, you know what? You know, I never had any real concern that the first, you know, four or five years were not going to, you know, be be value. I thought there'd be fall off in years, you know, five or six, seven, eight. If he keeps playing like this, like he, he shows zero signs of fall off. Zero signs. Four years left on a contract after this year. Just phenomenal. Just phenomenal.
0: What a game last night at press time, which would have been, of course, on Wednesday and the goal, I mean, three, nothing. This is Dallas. This is Jake Ottinger. There's this Miro Haskin in it. Jason Robertson, you know, there's a lot to like about Dallas. And then the comeback, it was, and he was on late and he's, he's been great. And I have no, you know what the underlying numbers say in the analytics community is going to say that it's, it's well, Morrissey's offensive. He doesn't kill penalties. That Morrissey might be the two McCarr might be the four and then Brian Leach is the, Brian Leach, uh, the 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 modern Brian Leach on the Rangers, the right-handed Leach, Kale or uh, Adam Fox, and the way he's played. They talk about Adam Fox in a way better situation, which I know helps. Okay, maybe Adam Fox is a better defensive defenseman this year, and you know last year and everything else. How do we weigh Wowie on offense to a you know a better all-round season if we believe in the underlying numbers, Craig? If, if what do you mean
1: better all-round season? You know what? The, the, like, there's no defenseman that's having a better season than Eric Carlson. I, I don't care about what, what – what he, he has been a dominant player on the ice. Dominant player on the ice. You forgot about Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, Rasmus yes, I, Dallin, did. I did. Rasmus Dahlin has been yeah. phenomenal, too, for the Buffalo Sabres. Morrissey, Dahlin, you know, McCarr, what he does on a game-in, game-out basis. Obviously, Adam Fox. It's great. Determine who's the second best. because is the best, Is Eric Carlson. I don't care. He has been the best player and best defenseman this year in the NHL. Steve, when I say I don't think it's close, I don't think it's close. You know what I worry about? You know what I worry about? I worry that people aren't watching and paying attention. And who am I worried about? People that vote for major awards. That's where I'm voting. I am starting my EK-65 campaign right now. I'm going to wear advertising. You know how the players have advertising on their helmets? Yes. I'm going to have an EK-65 Somewhere in every shot I have. Because I am stumping for that guy. I am going to make sure that everybody knows he's the best defenseman in the league this
0: year. And I love it. Uh, Good for you. I I believe that this type of season that he's putting together, mostly what he's great at based on offense, would allow him to have that leeway and lead that you're talking about. I'm glad that you didn't mention Rasmus Dahling because he does, you know, have that wow factor this is his best season good for him he, we've watched his progression from the pimply face to you know teenager to what he's doing now and the physicality like you know that part's great Josh Morrissey has been great uh Kel McCarr has been very very good by his standards I think he's gonna have a much better second half and he's been banged up as the Avalanche have been this year you know it's just one of those things when people You know, they look at these numbers and say, well, here's what I got on my Brian Leach card or my Brian Leach, my Adam Fox card. And my Adam Fox card says he's way better than Eric Carlson on, uh, you know, his Corsi and his uh, five on five play and and everything like that. Are you summarily uh, summarily dismissing that, Craig, or you say the offensive numbers are so great that it doesn't matter what Carlson is compared to Adam Fox on the uh, underlying numbers?
1: Am I summarily dismissing them? I'm summarily dismissing every other defenseman in the league. What do you mean am I summarily dismissing him? I said, put Eric Carlson's name on the Norris right now. And like, you know what? Watch the games. And I know what, other, what, I, I, I know what underlying numbers are. I follow the sport logic data. I'll tell you right now, okay? Eric Carlson's numbers are outstanding. Not just on the stat sheet. Outstanding.
0: Do you think people just go to bed in the East?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Listen, I'll tell you a story. Uh, Story time with Craig. Here we go on a Thursday. Story time with Craig. Scott Niedermeyer played all those years for the New Jersey Devils. Played all those years for the New Jersey Devils. There was a a Western media person, a very, very well-respected Western media person. Scott Niedermeyer, to me, should have won the 2003 Hans Smythe Trophy. Cheshia Gare got it. Good for him. He had a fantastic year. I'm not taking anything away from JS, okay? But to me, Scott Niedermeyer, yeah. so anyway, advanced time. Scott Niedermeyer leaves the New Jersey Devils, comes to the Anaheim Ducks, and he's playing in the West now. This very well-respected Western media person at a playoff game, when Scott is playing for the Anaheim Ducks, says to me, Scott is pretty good. I kind of went like this, what? you're you're just finding this out now it works both ways people in the west don't watch the east that much okay conveniently people in the east have a tough time and i hey listen i'm not here to cast aspersions or say i get it it's late at night you know the san Jose sharks start at 10.30 p.m eastern time i get it okay but when you're a voter and you're, you're you got you're writing about the game you need to know the the prominent players and who's playing you can't just say well it's late it's at eight. But does it happen? It happens both ways. I I I was stunned. Remember, this was post-lockout, 04-05. It wasn't like Stratton Niedermeyer was in his third year in the NHL. Like he he won cups. he'd been everything. Unbelievable. But that's what you get. People need to know when they're voting. It's one of my big beefs. It's one of my big beefs. You know, I'm not asking everybody to agree with me. I'm not, I, I don't have to agree with everybody else but I can defend my picks. I can defend my selections. And when I look at the, the my ballot, when I vote and everything, I, I want to be able to defend my selections. Like, Steve, you and me talk about this all the time. Players, they don't even know what position players play. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, they got players, they got players, vote, like, you know, you're voting for players for, for, for the selfie that don't kill penalties. My criteria is: you can't be the best defensive forward in the league unless you kill penalties. The, like doesn't mean you can't be a really good all-round player, but for the, the that award, you need to kill. In my view, anyway, rant over. I'm telling you. Bottom line is a lot of a lot of, and I get it. It's late, but when you have a role and you need to write about players or vote up for players, major awards, you better know.
0: And that's why, in a way, as we love the democratic process, sometimes um, everyone having a say or a vote uh, doesn't work so well. Alexander Ovechkin was voted as a first or second end of the year All-Star right winger. That's a miss. That's a miss. There, there's a lot. There's a lot of misses, and uh, I've been told the rumblings through sources that the league isn't very happy with this whole process anyway. So, what will change in the future, I'm not so sure. Um, and I said before and I'm kind of off that wagon, what you need is a whole bunch of people who do stay up till 1:30 in the morning, have the black marks under their eyes and watch all the games and have so since 1972. So, if we could find enough of those people even if it's a limited amount, I'd rather have twenty educated voters than five hundred people who have a little say. And you always kind of know where the homerism comes, as one person gets a vote for the heart trophy from this one market, and then you look at the ballots and go, "Okay, all right, but whatever." Uh, I, I, you don't need to defend Eric Carlson the way I don't need to defend Connor McDavid. I had somebody say as recently as last year, "Boy, you and McDavid, eh?" And I thought. You're missing the sunset. You're missing the beauty. You're missing Kilimanjaro. You're missing the Grand Canyon. You're missing Stonehenge. You're mi- you're missing it like if, if you are not if you are not making sure that you're seeing and you know changing when his shifts are on, you're you're missing the ninth wonder of the world, man. You're the, you're, you know, and to think there's a debate and now you're gonna bring up to me the most valuable to his team, you know what I say? Off. That's what I say. Now you're going to bring up most valuable to his team, right? Yeah, he is. Because if he's not on the Oilers, the Oilers are in the American Hockey League. That's where they are. You know what I mean? And I know sometimes everyone's going to win, you know, and all that stuff. But sometimes you just take your fist and you force forearm. You just get out of here um, is what we say. So McDavid's already won the heart. And when we get to All-Star, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to say, Connor, I've got the heart trophy right here. Here it is. So let's just get it. And and remember, I was on the NHL for the commercial. So now I've realized they've come out with a series of the golden era commercials. McDavid wasn't in the first one, but he's in the second one. So he would be in all of mine. But I had a, I had a feeling they were staggering these commercials. In the first one, no McDavid. In the second one I saw last night, there is a McDavid. So, you know. I understand what they're trying to do by set, setting up these series of commercials, Craig. So I, I had to bring it up. There wasn't one commercial. They're probably going to have a series of four or five of them. And McDavid's at
1: least in the second one, Mr. Button. Can you please do me a favor when you're at the all-star game, you know, we're sure. calling the all-star game, but yes. when you see when you see EK 65, can you please hand them the, the Norris from me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give him the Norris. You know those little trophies Bruce has, producer Bruce Bolton? He's got these little trophies. It is going to be so much fun that when they come there, I'm going to take this little trophy. So I'm going to make this presentation now and get it out of the way and give him this little Norris. And that'll be funny. And McDavid with the heart. And, you know, EK65 doesn't need warming up, Craig. But sometimes Connor does. Like, we got to loosen him up a little bit. Like, you imagine, you imagine if this was, I was doing some look, research on the twenty nine thirty Bruins and the NHL and the Philadelphia Quakers and the Pittsburgh pirates. And when the NHL got to, you know, when the New York Americans who got in the league before the Rangers left and we were down to the original six, you imagine like with the national lacrosse league, where the guys are making 35 grand and sometimes they got to get them to promote the league, which they always do because they want to promote the league. So 35 grand turns into 50 grand, which turns into a, you know, a better TV deal. You imagine if we were like that and we said, uh, hi, uh, to make Leafs, New York Rangers. Uh, we like this guy on, you know? Imagine if it was like, you know, when the Blue Jays used to give the guy, Fergie Oliver, 50 bucks to do interviews. You imagine how accessible these players would be if it was in that try to troll the league department, Craig? But instead, like, like you imagine if it was that accessible where you'd like, oh, I want to do an interview. I want to promote the game. That would be great, and that part of aspect of, you know, only getting that at All-Star is missing. We need these guys more, and we need... um, We talk about personality and and clothes and that. You know, it's it's part of selling. Everything's part of selling, and I'd like that part to be better, Craig. With the stars, when you go to the movie, do you want to go to a movie that's got B-list stars, or do you want to see Bradley Cooper and, you know, Tom Cruise? Like, It's about stars. That's why Hollywood's got. And what do they do when they make a movie? They send the stars everywhere. You see them everywhere. They're on Letterman and Leno and all those shows that, you know, I know are long since gone. That's what we got to do on all platforms. Like when's the last time all your buddies on TSN had McDavid, Matthews, Crosby.
1: When? I ask you. When? I don't know. You know, I, you know, I give I, like on I, you know the Ottawa Senators. I, I, I'm going to give them big props here, huge big props, because you know on the on the TSN regional games, you know they mic up a player and and they come into the pregame and talk to you know if if it's an Ottawa Senators panel or Gino Reda does it with That's Hockey and, the, and and they have a player in the warm up taking questions or, or DJ Smith or or or, or as a coach. And and you know what? Like you're getting people excited. Like you get to hear you the players out there doing the warm up. You're asking them questions. What do you see that? Like that's part of that's part of the game. Steve, who who where has the greatest revenue come from in, in, in the National Hockey League? In hockey, it's come from the media, big television deals, regional deals, radio deals, right? Like you know, and and, and we look at uh, at the internet and the, the advancement of five G and streaming and everything, right? Like you know, and the bottom line is we're all responsible for trying to put the game in the best light possible and sell it. And the stars sell it the best. Do you point about movies, right? They, they don't sit down and go, well, you know, come and watch Joe Schmick uh, in, in the big uh, Top Gun uh, sequel. Like, you know, well, who's Joe Schmidt? Well, he's that mechanic that's working on, you uh, on Tom Cruise's plane in that one scene. <laughs> like, yeah, we know the mechanic's important. Give me Tom Cruise. <laughs> that's who we want, right? And like, you know, we, we know that other players are part of a team, the stars. And, and that's where the emphasis has to come. The, the, I think the Senators do a great job. I know there's other teams that do it. I just know being part of it at different points with TSN, it's kind of fun. You take the fans right to the ice where the players are getting warmed up and you hear from the players. That's exactly what people want. And you know what else we do? Do it right in the arena. Put it right up on the scoreboard. Hey, listen. And now we join TSM broadcast as the uh, Gino Retta interviews uh, Brady Kachuk in the warm up. Oh, oh, my Lord. Isn't, wouldn't that be fun? Or Eric Carlson or Connor McDavid.
0: Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book, 19 plus play responsibly. Here's how it works log on to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. You sign up. You deposit, you play, you win, you have fun. That's how it works. Big night in the NHL Thursday, Craig. Big night.
1: And I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I think uh, I, I pretty much nailed it the other day. Perfect. I'm not trying to, you know, pat myself on the back, but pat myself on the back. Thursday, let's get right to it. I'm taking the Jets on the road versus Toronto. Connor Hellebuck with the win, and Matthew scores a goal. There you have it. in Toronto versus the Winnipeg Jets. I'll stay on the
0: Thursday scad. Bruins back to back. Not all Mark, Swayman. Rangers waiting for them. Rangers match up well against them. I'm taking the Rangers on the money line. Bostons, this is not the 1930 Bruins. They're not winning every game. So Rangers, money line. Under low-scoring game, Shesterkin win. That's how I see it. Rangers over Boston, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Sports interaction is Canada Sports Book. Nineteen plus. Please gamble responsibly. Have fun. Good luck. I want to get to my ninth cousin Steve Stamkos in just a minute. I mean, think about it: <laughs> a thousand games, five hundred goals, a thousand points, all the other things. The he's like a Shakespearean actor, like the. The triumphs, the sorrow, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and can we, and you know how I am. I know I'm probably anal or an asshole about hockey vernacular and warm-ups and different things. I'm not giving up on the fight because the French are right. Your language is culture. I'm not giving up on the, on the fight. I'm, I'm not giving up on the fight in my Bill 101. Just because an American doesn't know, I, I don't care that they don't know. You know, they don't know where to put the S in score, it's score, like all that kind of stuff. So I came out 10 years ago at the score and I bashed Wyszynski with a hockey vernacular. And then we agreed to bet on the gold medal games to decide whose language wins. I don't have to tell you what happened in 2010, Craig. So there you go on that. (laughs) And I think Canada holds every award right now, every major award, like across the board, like even Brazil doesn't hold all the awards in football. Um, But anyway we talked about what we're doing and watching and everything is TNT the cake now. Like, are they, have they passed everyone? Like we're, we're watching and want to be entertained and learned like, is what they're doing. If they come by in like a year and a half and kind of said, have they done what Scott Mellenby's dad, Ralph did when he got to hockey night and changed hockey night in the seventies hockey, the officiating series and Peter puck and Helen Hutchinson. And it was just, Bang, 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 bang. And he turned it into an entertainment show and all the Emin- Emmys and Gemini's. And, you know, he took Hockey Night in Canada from a mom and pop hot stove to, you know, for Canada, big league television. Is is everyone stagnating? Are they like Kramer? They need a new look. They might wear a patch um, because TNT is, have they passed them?
1: Everybody? I, you know, I, I think what TNT has 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 demonstrated is a willingness to try different things and a willingness to be open about trying different things, right? And so, it, people talk about oh, we want to we want to present hockey a little bit differently, and you know, but 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 there's there seems to be this reluctance to really kind of push it to any extent. I think TNT has done it. Keep in mind the TNT. Has a, has, a, has a phenomenal NBA show, right? So they already have a model that can work, right? And, and, and they can say, well, listen, we, we know that this works here. So let's try it there. As you know, Steve, a big part of it is, who are the people that you're going to have on, you know, and who are the people that you're going to have be part of it? So like, like, is anybody ever going to say heavy Wayne Gretzky as a part of your broadcast is negative? No, I remember when when they named Wayne. Oh, Wayne! I said, you know what? Just put Wayne in a position to talk about what he's what he knows, and you know you don't want you don't want Wayne to be Charles Barkley because he can't be Charles Barkley. But Wayne has tremendous insights into the game. He's got a tremendous historical knowledge of the game, and he can talk about all of it. So, who do you want? Who's better to talk about it? The Wayne Gretzky, Paul Bisonet. I mean, he's entertaining. He, he, he's a joy to watch. Rick talking with all his successes. I think Liam McHugh does a really nice job. They're, 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 they're trying Keith Yandel. Of course, we've seen uh, Anson Carter on there. I, I just really like what they do. They have those interviews between periods. They get managers on. They talk to players. And you know what? It's, it's not stiff. You know what? It's not stiff. You know when you get a new book and, and the binding is stiff, right? You know, they—they're a new book that, that that they've already worked in the binding. They're like they—they're comfortable and they sit back and they—they they look like they have a lot of enjoyment talking about hockey. And that—and that's what it should be. It's—it's it, it's a game, Steve. It's hockey. Let's talk about having fun.
0: And you know, a few guys or gals sitting around shooting the, you know, what without too much structure. I think that's the. That's the key about being able to go back and forth. And, you know, I guess I'm just surprised a little bit that, you know, there's no net increase in the TSN studios. Sportsnet had it, but they went backwards. They, they downsized from, you know, the uh, cathedral that they had before. Because I think like a Shakespearean play, you have to cater to the, uh, the back row lower class all the way up to the, uh, you know, the high elite in the front. So if you have a Kevin BX and he wants to talk about uh man-on-man coverage and some people are like, Oh, I don't know what he's talking about, but there's some of that. And then for more click on a hugging and BXA and he'll give coaches like, Oh, you know what I mean? So you can go there to get more. And then like to have a whole bunch of stuff. That's not momentum and passion. Um, and you know all the all, all the other stuff that's about you know the entertainment factor. Although it being at the end of his career of Don of being wow, like Don changed broadcasting to have someone give an opinion. Like if you go back even in the seventies, a lot of it was dry, and I think Don had an impact on a lot of people. People I grew up watching, like a Mark Hebshu, who then became special, who gave an opinion, who had flash and dash, and was able to say something and wow you and it kind of progressed into a point of not shot jo- uh, shock jockeying, but being able to say, uh, and you do it when you're on, I've done it when I'm on. It doesn't matter if you're the host or analyst. It's like about saying, you know what Jim Rutherford has done has been a disgrace to Bruce Boudreaux, even though we love Jim. And if he was here right now, he's made a mistake and you like it or not going to back up my opinion or saying the playoff format should be one to eight, just because someone wants brackets. That's not good enough. Or, the, the blue line challenge has hurt the game. It's taken away wow moments. We're here there to be entertained. We watch two linesmen sit at the at the box to get it right. Oh, we decide we're only going to get that right. Well, do we want to get everything right or some of it right? And I know people inside the league that just, they know in a moment, the GM blew it. They blew it. You know, you could have had a rule that said for an egregious offside and the situation room could have done it or whatever. But nobody wants to. We live in a world, nobody's sorry nobody's sorry and nobody's ever made a mistake that's the kind of world that we live in now and uh, we've said before i've been wrong before and i'll be wrong again i'm going to tell you when i'm wrong whether it's the bruins or the devils or seattle whatever the situation is that's just the way it works and i think now about something that's more um I, i don't know maybe hot stove maybe back and forth no script what's going on something that's you know Give me a reason, right? Give me a reason from the the pregame to the puck drop. And I was told by those who follow the numbers that there have been a lot of, when's the puck drop? 7.07? Uh, With a lot of other things going on, I'm going to just wait for 7.07. And it showed. So we've got this, you know, do we miss Peter Puck? Do we miss hockey, the officiating series? Do we miss a feature of Austin Matthews' Crip, Like, should we see that instead? Uh, I, I don't know, but I think something's missing that I think TNT has given us and they don't do a lot of X's and O's. I like it, but I think what they've just done is let's just try to entertain. And for me, uh, I think it's great. The deflection stuff uh, between the legs, I think it's great. And, uh, I've enjoyed it as a, as a viewer, Craig, I've enjoyed it.
1: Well, and, and again, you gotta be willing to try some different things and, and and that comes back. You know, sometimes you have people that have done things a certain way and, you know, they're comfortable doing it that way and, you know, trying to encourage them to, to, to look at doing things a little bit differently. What I would encourage everybody to do is when you have a chance to watch Cheryl Pounder on a, on a broadcast or on a panel, her enthusiasm, her passion is infectious and her knowledge is deep. You know what? And, 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 and I point out Cheryl because, you know, I think she's uh, a person. That brings exactly what you're talking about. You know what? Like so, somebody that just is excited about being there. Did you see that? And can you believe this? And you know what? It, it, we need to be excited. You know, I, I was listening to Tyler Toffoli after the game on uh, Wednesday night in Calgary. And he said, Yeah, not every game's going to be perfect. We're not going to always be at our best. And, you know, there's going to be times in a game where it doesn't look pretty and we got to manage our way through it. That's fine. That, 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 that's a 60 minute game or five minutes of overtime and whatnot. But I know this, he's right. But that doesn't mean that when you're presenting the game that you have to fall into those lows. <laughs> Players do because that's the way the game is. So, you know, we got to everybody. And, and that doesn't mean just saying something to say something or being over the top. It's about saying, hey, Steve says, you know, I say EK65, give him the Norris. You go, hang on here a second, Mr. Biden. I'm going to make the case for Adam Fox, right? And then we have that debate. And it's not that we're that we're 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 saying that EK sixty five is a good or that Adam Fox isn't good, but having that debate, well, why? Well, I think this let's have opinion, let's have an exchange of thoughts and ideas.
0: And I, I think that is exactly what's missing. Exactly that. That is that with the right people that can agree to disagree professionally on the air, uh, to make it like we have, I guess, more so in radio because you've got more time. Television's a little tighter. You've been around that as opposed to your turn, your turn, your turn, break, your turn, your turn, your turn, break. Um, so that that kind of stirring the pot, I guess. Um, I think that's what people want. I, I think that's what people want uh, in this day of social media uh, and the eight-second soundbite, Craig.
1: Well, I think what you talk about is, is, is I call it the batting order of, of panel discussion okay, here's the leadoff, here's, here, here's who's batting second, here's third, and here's here's your cleanup hitter, right? Like, you know what? Unfortunately, it just seems like it's like, you know, you just go through that batting order. Like, everybody knows who's next, right? And somebody says something, you go, wait a second here. Did I just hear what you said? <laughs> to your point, that's what we need. So let's get out of this batting order type of, uh, uh, of format, and, and and let's get into a little bit more open Patrick Mahomes, Connor McTave at creativity, you know, that says, Hey, th- th- this is what we're going to do. We're going to find a way to make a play.
0: Yeah. You do need the right person to run that who's able to challenge the former GMs, players and coaches, of course. Um, but that's a story for another day. My final thought is on my eighth cousin, Steve Stamko's 502 goals at press time, a thousand points. Good for him career year last year in terms of points. I don't think he'll get hundred this year or 40 goals, but he's in that range. He's laughed. He's first year. Wasn't good with Barry Melrose and Orrin Kulis, no relation. Uh, And look what he's done. The broken leg in Boston. I was crying, missing the Olympics, all that kind of stuff, but it's been great. The winning, the goal, the one Kirk Gibson moment uh, when he scored, then re-injured his leg. Uh, There's certain people that you just cannot not love, Right. No one hated Steve Eisenman, even the opposition. Colorado fans don't hate Steve Eisenman. No. Uh, Detroit fans couldn't hate Joe Sackett. You you can't. You can't. You'd say, hi, Joe. Hi, Steve. And hi, Steven. For Steve Stamkos. I'm proud of you. Keep it on. I I hope he plays into his late 30s. And like all of us, Craig, I just pray for good health. Because when you've got good health, nothing is impossible.
1: Hey, listen, and 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 you know the way Steven is playing now, like at this stage of his career, like they're, they're, he's not showing any signs. A healthy Steven Stamkos is a is a very very uh, good Steven Stamkos, one of the very best players in the National Hockey League. What I love about this though. You know, you said you're going to get to your ninth cousin, and the amount of time you must have gone and done your genealogy, moved up to your eighth cousin now. So, I mean, by the next time we talk about Stephen Stamkos, we might find out he's your second cousin. Amazing. You've always talked about your Macedonian roots and certainly Stephen. I I can only tell you this in, in, in my final thought. Stephen Stamkos, watching him play in Sarnia for two years, there was no doubt that he had everything to be a star in the National Hockey League. You know, you remember the scene Stamkos uh, uh, marketing in, in Tampa Bay? It was brilliant. Well, what we've seen is Steven Stamkos be one of hockey's great stars during his tenure. He would have been at 500 long before now if it wasn't for the injuries. Do I think that injury-free playing at the level he can? He might be able to touch 600. He, he very well. I would not rule that out with Steven Stamkos and the amount of talent he has around him and the desire that he has and the fun. You're talking about fun and enthusiasm he has playing? You got, you got to see it. So, you know, when you, you think about first overall picks and you think about Steven Stamkos and the promise, keep this in mind, Steve, when you're drafting a player first overall, that means you were the worst team in the league. You're pretty close to it with the lottery system. And when you draft that player first overall, you're looking at that player to come in and change the fortunes of your franchise and lead you to the promised land. Exactly what Steven Stamkos has done for the Tampa Bay Lightning.
0: I love it. Number one. And when we reconvene next week, it'll be episode one, one, one here on the Cool Button Hockey podcast for producer Bruce Bolton, Mr. Craig Button. I'm Steve Coolius. Enjoy the games, everybody. It's been a great year so far, and we love the races. Until next time, be good and take care of one another.